Hey everybody, Joe here from the Lions Led by Donkeys podcast. If you enjoy what we do here on the show and you think it's worth your hard-earned money, you can support the show via Patreon. Just a $1 donation gets you access to bonus episodes, our Discord, and regular episodes before everybody else. If you donate at an elevated level, you get even more bonus content. A digital copy of my book, The Hooligans of Kandahar, and a sticker from our Teespring store. Our show will always be ad-free and is totally supporter-driven. We use that money to pay our bills, buy research materials that make this show possible, and support charities like the Kurdish Red Crescent, the Flint Water Fund, and the Halo Trust. Consider joining the Legion of the Old Crow today. And now back to the show. Oh, Jupiter's cock. Jupiter's cock. Fucking God's cock, because there's no wine left. Not if Jupiter himself were to rip open the heavens and dangle his cock from the skies. Hello, and welcome to yet another episode of the that podcast that we do with lions and donkeys. Um, uh, lions led by donkeys podcast. Uh, I'm Joe. With me today, when the army allows him to be, it's Nick. Hey, uh, uh, I have to file paperwork to get the army to allow you to to, to PCS back to podcast landia. Uh, don't even get me started. I'm convinced it's a deep state plot. Uh, it's a goddamn deep state. I've been listening to much, too much knowledge fight where they talk about Alex Jones, uh, where the army is attempting to uh, uh, inject cancel culture into my podcast so I can't make it because you're always in the field. Dude, this is censorship. Like, half of the stuff is we do is off a whim. That sounds about right. This may happen, so let's prepare for it. But it's very high. It's like highly unlikely that it would happen. But we're preparing for it anyway. I've never understood stuff like that um, because it's like this might happen. Okay, but you're the person coming up with the plan, so you could very easily make sure that doesn't happen. Um, yeah. But, you know, who am I but a man screaming at the clouds? Now, Nick. Uh, speaking of screaming at the clouds, it's not a good way to explain this. What do you do about Spartacus? Oh uh, yeah. Oh, I thought we we're gonna go into trails. Yeah. Chemtrails. Spartacus, huge into, into, into the chemtrails. Yeah. Uh, That's what I yeah. heard. Um, what do you know about Spartacus? He's kind of like, now people know more about him they, in, like, entertainment-wise than... Yeah, they, they didn't wear a lot of clothes fighting. Okay, that part's kind of true, though. Uh, at least in the, at least in, the gla- in, 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 like, the arena, which we'll talk about. That's what this almost entire first episode is in this two-part series. It's because they had referees like fucking Herb Dean down there making sure they didn't bring brass knuckles in. Uh, sometimes brass knuckles were encouraged. Uh, no, it was um, because it's for show. Like uh, people will uh, will say that like, well, they reenacted battles and and they did, but like they wanted to be entertaining, and it's a lot more entertaining to watch people slash the shit out of each other than is it just like thump up against one another wearing armor. It's why, uh, like, if we watch, if we actually watch knights fight like they did, it would probably be incredibly boring. Um, unless it was like, I don't know, like Agincourt, people are just getting drowned to death in mud and shit. Uh, though, to be fair, I know there's a, a Russian MMA company that does knight fighting. Oh yeah, <laughs> and that is super entertaining. But I have a hard time believing that it'd well, be that cool. There's also one on the History Channel. Of course, there fucking was. God. It was pretty sweet. That show ha- dudes were getting like they dudes in the middle of interviews just had concussions. Oh, hundred percent bacon cakes. Yeah, and there's shit. A, there, I saw this clip uh, where a guy got like shield fucked in the head uh, while he was on the ground, like straight up ground and pound, getting shield to dome piece. And that dude, a hundred percent, forgot his fucking uh, times tables after that incident. Um, I mean, I don't know my times tables that well, so okay. 
Uh, he forgot his alphabet. We got that one. <laughs> See, this is why we... This, he forgot his... I just want to go home and uh, remember my kid's <laughs> name. Uh, <laughs> uh, so I brought that up. We fought a good fight. Uh, I bring all this up because... Uh, also, fuck it. Uh, how do you get that gig? Like, so what do you do for a living? I'm the referee for night fighting. <laughs> I wanted. I want to be like this whole podcast is just a grift for me to become a a night MMA referee. Uh, so call me night people. Uh, a shittier version of Dana White. I want to. I want to be a blimp pilot and go inverted. I feel like that's a one way trip, my friend. To fucking. I mean, I understand that we're recording this the day before the election, but I don't think any of us need to want to like want to recreate. Uh, a blimp explosion for funsies. Um, I mean, actually, it sounds pretty rad. Anyway, uh, we're talking about Spartacus, and uh, I think the show. No, though that will come up. I, I had to address it. Oh, okay. Uh, because it's uh, not based in reality, to the surprise of nobody. Oh, so we're talking about real no, dude. kind of. Um, see, oh, okay. Spartacus. I don't know what's going Spartacus on. Spartacus is a land of contrast, and most of like the the person that we have in our head. Uh, regarding Spartacus and the things that he did or whatever probably didn't happen um, because this might surprise you when you're re- leading a slave revolt um, you don't generally stop and take notes um, also probably because Spartacus <laughs> is illiterate uh, but yeah there's not a lot of information on the guy and instead a lot of people just made shit up uh, and there's a lot of not necessarily conflicting accounts of his rebellion um, but there's parallel accounts, like very few of them actually straight up contradict one another, but a lot of them run parallel. And because, you know, on this show, we we're here for entertainment. Like, obviously we want people to learn something, but you know, you're not going to listen to an hour of us droning on about bland ass history shit. There's other podcasts that do that better. Um, so I picked the one that I think that makes the best story. Um, and we'll, we'll talk about that more on episode two. Um, but on episode one, we're going to talk mostly about Roman slavery. Fun. Oh. <laughs> um, I have some personal uh, problems with why Spartacus is so famous. At least this, this story of Spartacus, as we know, there's been multiple movies. There's been miniseries. Uh, the miniseries is like Game of Thrones. If it was written by a 12-year-old who really liked titties. Um, also, Game of Thrones is also kind of written like that, but without the budget. Um, but I have my own personal problems as to why we here in the West lionized Spartacus when we had half dozen slave revolts in our own backyard and nobody ever talks about them. Um, like, you know, the Stono Rebellion, the New York Conspiracy of 1741, Gabriel's Conspiracy of 1800, the German Coast Uprising of 1811. Of course, there's Nat Turner's Rebellion, which will absolutely be an episode of this podcast eventually. I know that Most one. Most people kinda. know that one, yeah. And that was 1831. That was in my history book for like half That's a right. page. That's about all you get. Um, and, you know, we here in the U.S. like to... Because, like, you know, when people talk about Spartacus, like, well, he was only fighting for his freedom. Motherfucker, we had slaves doing the same thing here. You only care about Spartacus because he's white. Um, or at least kind of white. The idea of race hadn't really been around yet. We'll talk about that too. Uh, but like, people have a much better time putting all these ideas of freedom and liberation on someone who they think looks a lot more like them. 
And I think that they're comfortable talking about like Nat Turner because, you know, there's documented accounts of Nat Turner killing civilians and people are like, well, that's bad. Motherfucker, Spartacus raised entire towns. He slaughtered the shit out of some civilians. <laughs> you know he Absolutely. did. Absolutely. Uh he they literally went on a war of revenge kind of sorta. So like Yeah, America, we have a problem with our history and patriotic education is not going to fix it. Um so before we talk a bit more about uh, Spartacus's rebellion, which will be most of episode two. We have to talk a little bit more about how slavery and gladiators worked in Rome. And Nick, I got to tell you, it's kind of grim um, because, you know, cockfighting human beings for people's entertainment gets dark. Uh, no, yeah, I wouldn't want a penis fight either. Anybody. Sure. Now, now you have to think of it. You have to go the whole nine yards with that, Nick. How do, how do, how they make roosters fight? They attach razor blades to them. So that means you're attaching a razor blade to your dick. <laughs> That's the only way I see. <laughs> God damn it. I hate you. Um, so Rome, in case anybody didn't know, love them some slaves. Uh, much like America, <laughs> slavery is quite literally at the foundation of Roman being. Uh, it was, a thing. It, it was a whole thing. You know? uh, according to Greek historian Dionysus of Helicanarsus, not the cool wine god, uh, slavery in Rome began when Rome's founder Romulus gave a Roman father the right to sell their own children into slavery. Um, cool. So the kid you didn't like? Probably. Uh, or more likely a daughter. Um, I was about to say, fuck, so that'd be me. That'd be you. Uh, that'd 100% have been me. Because uh, that was what they call a surprise. Um Otherwise known as, if you're not my mom, an accident. Um, so uh, the, the slavery was also listed uh, as being legal in the 12 tables, which is the oldest organized Roman legal code. Uh, from there, slavery kind of expanded with Rome, which in case you were not aware, expanded quite a bit. Um, as the military pushed Roman borders out further and further, and they absorbed more and more people uh, who would eventually become slaves into what was then the Republic. Uh, it was considered perfectly fine and legal for people to enslave people that they defeated in war if they had not previously sl- surrendered under negotiated terms. Like, it wasn't uncommon for people like, yeah, fine, we'll become part of Rome, but like, you can't enslave us. And Rome would be like, okay, fine, because you know it was in their best interest to not get involved in wars all that often because, you know, killing a large amount of sl- uh, soldiers... Is bad, uh, you know. Like if if Rome loses five thousand soldiers or ten thousand soldiers, that impacts the city of Rome and impacts Italy. So like, if some tribe like look look, you can come right on in, just like <laughs> leave us alone. And for a while there, Rome would take that uh, because you know they're expanding their borders. Um, and but then then they began fighting larger and larger opponents. And as Rome became more and more powerful, they became less and less likely to just simply want to talk things out. Um, as a result, slaves being brought back as war booty started in the hundreds and then quickly turned into the tens of thousands for Ugh. each war and sometimes for a single battle. In one famous case, Julius Caesar eventually brought back 50,000 slaves after a single campaign, which I need to point out were his personal property, which he then sold. He's a very rich man. Yeah, wow. uh, that was a, a lot of the reason why people would like soldiers would go fight in these wars. Um like at the time, this is before the Marian reforms, which we'll talk about. So, uh, joining the Roman military wasn't necessarily uh, an act of like upward social mobility, though you could win military glory and so on and so forth and make your way through the, I think they called like the Curseus Honorium, which is like the political life. Um, but 
it was it was for war booty. Like you were gonna rob and loot and sell slaves and make as much money as you possibly right. fucking could. Like that was their main drive. Like the the average soldier was to become rich and you know military glory being like a side hustle because uh, you know your average everyday Roman soldier that wasn't really a thing for them. The 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 military glory was a general thing or maybe um, uh, a junior leader under them. Right. Uh, so while Rome eventually became one of the largest slave-dependent nations in human history, they were not the worst, I, I feel like I should point out. That honor still goes to the Spartans, who are the grand champion of horrible, horrible shit. Um, I believe it was like 40% of the Roman uh, population at any given time was slaves. Um, really? uh, yeah, something Holy like that. Shit. Um, and very, and the slaves has a lot of different kind of nations in Rome, which we'll talk about. And uh, the Spartan population was even worse than that. Uh, though they called them helots, they were slaves. Um, though that does not mean that uh, Rome did not completely depend on slaves for economic output, because they did. Or at least they eventually turned into that. Um, slave markets existed in pretty much every major Roman city uh, and made a very small amount of people incredibly rich, because that's how that normally works. Um, in case anyone was curious, making your entire economy depend on the slaves does have some downsides, Confederacy. Previous to this, most <laughs> Roman agriculture was based on small farms operated by small families who could maybe sometimes afford a few slaves. But what was more common was that they simply hired people to work the fields for a small cut. Um in other cases, large farming estates would employ a larger amount of people because at the time, slavery was lo- like the population of slaves wasn't uh, there wasn't everywhere. You actually had to pay people for their labor. Um, what a yeah. drag! Uh, and this is before uh, soldiers would be given a pension of land after their service to the state, which would become a thing under the Marian reforms. Um, because at the time, in order to enlist or serve in the Roman military, you had to be a landowner and you had to afford your own stuff. So, like, you had to buy your own armor, you had to buy your own weapons, you also had to own land. Um, so, like, you had to have some amount of pocket change in order to fight to go, you know, possibly make more money. Uh, but, however, more and more slaves were brought into the Republic as Rome made more and more war and captured more and more people. Um, Sounds like a shitty investment. It's bad. Uh, it turns out, like most investments, it eventually fucks everyone except rich people. <laughs> um, and also, you know, it sucks to be a slave. Um, yeah. So it made fewer and fewer people rich as wealth became centralized across the upper class of Rome. Now, some people call them like the equestrians or the patricians, but this wasn't specific to any caste in Rome. It was because like you could have been a very, very high born person in Rome, but also desperately poor if you sucked with money and also sucked at the slave trade for the most part. But this is just like an all around upper class of Rome because you could be very rich, but also not be part of an important family. So you're like the only power play that you had was money. That happened a lot, actually. Um, It was it was like a competition of who could be a a bigger piece of shit in order to make money while they were out campaigning. A lot of these people were slave owners and slave sellers, though being the specific person at the market selling slaves was considered a low class job because these things don't have to make sense. Now, the people who had centralized all that wealth upon themselves would eventually buy up more and more land, which was uh, being offered, or they'd offer small landowners, those normal soldier types that had a a very small plot of land, 
um, much more money than their plot of land was worth in the short term. Um, see, the problem was as Rome fought more and more wars, these farmers turned part-time soldiers who, remember, had to own that land and till it. Like, that's also how they lived. Um, would right. end up being called away for longer and longer wars or more and more wars, like, say, like the Punic Wars or whatever. Uh, so then they'd return home and their farms had fallen into disrepair. Um, they wouldn't be able to make any money off of it, nor were they able to eat off of it because, you know, it fell into whatever. Yeah, it's yeah, dirty. Can't eat it, off it. It's not, they can't even farm dirt anymore. Or whatever. I don't understand plants. Anyway, um, <laughs> people didn't, uh, couldn't afford the time, the effort, or the money to bring the farm back to, like, you know, being bountiful or whatever. So they would sell their farm to this newly growing landowning class, which would soon buy more and more of these farms as the wars ground longer and longer on. Um, this is a problem. What became worse is this new landowning class uh, would have to find people to work these fields. So you think like, well, they have all these trained farmers who just sold these land. Maybe we should employ them. No. Uh, which this would have still been a problem. That would have been a shitty way to go. But instead they just bought slaves. Um, more and more and more slaves because... Why not, right? They're, they're everywhere. Right. Uh, then that wealth became centralized even more and even more because, remember, now they're not actually spending it on employing anyone. They're just buying slaves, which at a lo- on a long enough time frame, pay for themselves if you're owning massive swaths of land. Like, according to Pliny the Elder, six men owned half of all of the property in all of Roman Africa. Um, so, congratulations, you created Seattle. Um, like it's like an incredible amount of centralization to the point that there was no employment in the rural countryside. So this caused a massive rush of the rural unemployed who, you know, could not possibly work for less than a slave, uh, cause they'd run into Rome looking for work. Um, now soon these unemployed and homeless overcrowd the streets of Rome, uh, because, Weird how that happens in times of big, flat, dumb circle. Um, now, this is when the Gracchi brothers come into play, who are some of my more f- favorite characters from history. The, the, the last name was Gracchus, but there's two of them. They're known as the Gracchi brothers because, you know, it's the, the plural. That's an unfortunate um, name. Now, the Gracchi brothers uh, were known as a popular. So, like, uh, the popular. So, they would uh, attempt some yield socialism. Uh, which is like, you know, land redistribution, free grain for the poorest of Romans, which soon be expanded to all Romans. Um, They also wanted to build more houses for people, like put all these things on the state. So they, of course, were murdered. Um, I assume by some (laughs) CIA time travelers. Um, But thankfully, Gaius Gracchus was able to get what was known as the grain dole passed into law, which would go on for so many years after that, which effectively meant no matter how poor you were, no matter how fucked over you were by the world, you could go to a distribution point and you would be given a set amount of grain every single month. I think it was every single month by the state of Rome, um, which, you know, is more progressive than what we have in the United States to this day. A set amount yeah, of grain. Yeah, like you'd be able to eat. You weren't going to starve to death. Um, hmm. Now, I'm gonna, I'm, I've been getting a little off topic, but I'm going to get a little bit more off topic because that's what I do. This had the trickle-down effect, uh, that centralization of wealth and power in Rome, uh, that led to people being massively unemployed. Now, remember I said that in order to serve the Roman army, you had to buy your own weapons, own land. 
seeing how this could become a problem. Nobody yeah. owns everything, and everybody's <laughs> living in the streets. Um, this led to what is known, what what most people think of the Roman military, the legions, uh, people signing up and you know getting land and money, and all, then like the first real military pension, which is known as the Marian reforms or the Marian reforms. I'm not sure which. It was the professionalization of the Roman army, turning it into the tool of upward social mobility and movement and land ownership for people that could never or could never hold on to those sorts of things. Um, and you could now, the state was going to pay for your money or the state was going to pay for it. The state was going to give you a paycheck. The state was going to pay for your armor. And at the end of an X amount of years, which would move to the left or the right as Rome became more desperate later on, you could retire, you'd get a pension and a plot of land. Pretty fucking sweet deal. Um, yeah. And so it, it became a piece of upward mobility for people who could, you know, never say pay for school or get healthcare. And Oh wait, no fuck. That's today. My bad. Um, weird how that keeps happening. Um, I guess what I'm getting at is centralizing wealth and power while failing to serve the needs of the people at large might uh, be bad. Uh, moving on. Uh, I should say at no point was any of the slavery based on race. Uh, the concept of modern race didn't really become a thing until the ideas of settler colonialism became, you know, a thing in Europe. And the need to make one group of people below another group in order to explain away the terrible things that you're about to do to them became a thing. And normally, it's thought of between uh, 14 and 1600, 1500, that, that really became an idea. Uh, so Rome isn't enslaving based on, on race or really anything. It's just bad luck, really. You happen to not be Roman when we came into town. Their idea was cultural supremacy. It was it had nothing to do with race. Um, oh, yeah, uh, it didn't matter if you're black, white, or whatever. You had an equal chance of being put in chains if you happen to be on the losing <laughs> side of a Roman war. Uh, mo- though, like most Roman slaves would be what is considered today as European. Uh, a lot of Gauls, uh, you know, people from modern Germany, Britannia, things like that. Um, so you're yeah fucked. i'm definitely fucked actually uh armenia was uh, eventually like a, a puppet of rome where we were like hey we're gonna keep our king and we'll be on your side but like we're still gonna be armenian and rome is like cool uh so the joke is like armenia outlived rome and the soviet union and azerbaijan can go fuck itself um yeah <laughs> um oh and the ottoman empire they can go fuck themselves too anyway so if you became a slave, you're almost always captured by the Roman military. Soldiers would then sell you off to a wholesaler, like a human version of Costco, but more evil, uh, who would then follow the army for that exact purpose. Like, there's because you know back then we talked about this a little bit during our bonus episode about uh, when we ate all the horrible rations. Um, that every army is kind of followed by camp followers. These are like cooks, tailors, mule hey. drivers, whatever. Um, like, and one of those people would happen to be a slave guy. Like, yeah. <laughs> what? Oh, like if you capture a whole bunch of slaves, you take them down to fucking Pete, the slave guy or whatever, sell them to him. You get a certain amount of money, which would not be nearly as much money he would go and sell them for. But you're a fucking soldier. So whatever. It's any little bit of money works. But yeah, that's what that was certainly a hustle in place. And that's how most slaves ended up back in Rome. Um, yeah. So it wasn't great. From, from Pete. Pete, the slave guy. Yeah, I think I use that name for yeah. for a lot of horrible things. I don't, I don't even know anybody off named Pete off the top of my head, but I just reflexively Good go to that terrible name. Um, so yeah, then if you were the slave, you would be taken to an auction house where you'd be sold 
And depending on who you were, how old you were, what you could do, uh, you'd be worth more or less money. Um, Generally, men were worth more than women, and women were worth more than children. Uh, because Roman buyers would want to know exactly what they were buying, the slaves would be set naked upon a rotating platform with an information plaque around your neck, like all of your stats, like an RPG character sheet. Uh, and then they would pick them off and haggle over the price. Um, I'd be in the dollar bin. Yeah, they, they would just huck both of us in like the garbage can outside. Yeah, like these guys are worthless. Yeah, t- take it or like free, please take one. <laughs> yeah. We just get spit on. <laughs> uh, what the buyers were looking for varied wildly depending on what the buyer was doing. If you were a slave who had the good luck of being like, I don't know, somewhat from from an area. I want somebody to watch movies with me. Uh, well, I want that kind guy. of uh, like the, obviously there was sex slaves, which I guess is the closest thing that comes to entertainment That's for the not day. Where I was going. <laughs> um, but if you were lucky, you would end up as a house slave. Um, rich Romans had staffs of hundreds of slaves and te- that tended to their large villas, regardless of like cooking, cleaning, li- landscaping, whatever. Um, I'll cuddle. I'll be the big spoon or something. Uh, look, I'm just, I'm here for some just friends cuddling. If you'll give me three squares a day. Um, well, like being a slave sucks, but like this is the best living arrangement you could have. Like, you, the the tenants uh, like the the areas that they would uh, put you in like the little slave quarters were almost certainly nicer than like most Roman citizens places that they were living in the city of Rome. Yeah, you get decent food uh, because they didn't want like sickly weak house slaves. Um, yeah, they needed somebody to give them massage. Yeah, I mean, they need to get honestly one hundred percent. Yeah, that's something they would do. Um, though there is a, possibly one better category if if you were lucky and that is a publicly owned slave or the service publicus um they were a slave which was not technically owned by anybody but was instead purchased by the municipal authorities meaning that you're public property but a person that sounds worse well it's good because you could might you might be able to find your way out um they could do anything from like tending to temples to working in public buildings to like clerical work these are like people who are probably pretty smart they're they're literate um they can do paperwork like you made yourself useful to kind of get out of it like get out of like farm work right. and stuff uh you could get paid like a government salary oh okay. and like if you if your municipal boss thought you were good at your job they could just free you you're making this sound pretty I mean, good. I'm not. I, I'm trying not. It, it, this is effectively being in the military. Uh, <laughs> Fuck. God damn it. Maybe that's why it's working on me. I mean... Tell the recruiters And whatever person that the, the the service publicist was beforehand, you were probably a pretty high up person because you're, you're obviously intelligent. You had some kind of education. You could read. You can write. You can do basic math and stuff. Like you're... That's why I say it's hard to say this is like the best case scenario because you probably come from a much better way of life and then we're enslaved, right? Um, right. After this be- uh, came the urban slaves, this being people that worked in shops that were bought by you know small business owners, um, which honestly is the the weirdest aspect here. Just like normal people could own slaves. Like this wasn't like a hundred percent. Uh, incredible wealthy person thing like a normal decently well-to-do person absolutely would own a slave to like work the front counter at a shop or whatever the fucking general yeah pretty much like dollar general would be ran by a slave um 
and they'd be cobblers, mule drivers, and then obviously most uh, women in, that became slaves would end up in brothels as sex slaves, uh, also children, because history is grim. Fuck, they'd be making me do the lawns. <laughs> God damn it. What what part of Rome did you come from, sir? Uh, California? But no, really. Fuck! God damn it, Rome's racist! <laughs> yeah. It's like every time someone pronounces your last name, like, so where are you from? And like, you know they're not talking about California. Oh, yeah. yeah. Except that, except it's some... To the lawns you go. Yeah, it's except it's some guy named like Lucius Farinas, and he's still just being racist as hell. <laughs> uh, now, this all sounds really bad, and it is, uh, but it all gets much worse from here. Uh, this is, of course, farm slaves, which sound exactly what, they, what that sounds like, working on a farm. Um, now, you'd tell these giant fields that those rich people had all bought up called Latifundia, um, for your rich asshole owner. Um, now, generally speaking, the living conditions weren't terrible, uh, but they didn't have to be. Like, you're doing manual labor on a Roman farm where you are the engine of labor. Like, every day is incredibly dangerous. Like, you, medicine isn't a thing. If you accidentally bring the hoe down on your foot, you're going to fucking die from gangrene. Um, if you fucking step on a thorn. Oh, yeah, it's going to get infected. You're going to die. Like, accidents and illnesses were very common. Um, and this uh, all goes down to the worst off of all the slaves, the mine workers. Um, oh, yeah. God. If you're thinking working in a mine now sounds terrible, imagine being a slave in a mine for Rome. Um, now... If you were, s- they didn't know anything about bracing. Oh, hundred uh, percent. I mean, maybe I don't know, but uh, to be <laughs> to be perfectly clear, being sent to the mines was a death sentence. It was literally known as "dom nati melium" or "condemned to the mine." <laughs> um, now, if you were any other slave, you could hypothetically become a free person if your owner just made you free. Like you were, you were property. You're not thought of as a person. Um, and you were property as long as your master wanted you to be property. Um, the I, like being a slave and then being freed was not uncommon. Um, and some people sold themselves into slavery um, for food, effectively. Um, uh. Like that was not uncommon. And the payoff debts, like debt slavery, is a huge thing. Um, now. People wouldn't just buy slaves to work in the mines. Um, not any slave could just end up here. This job was set aside for people who were sentenced to slavery for a legal penalty, or which was a criminal penalty at the time, or other slaves that had committed crimes or tried to escape their slavery. Um, so if, if you were sentenced to slavery by the Roman state as a judicial punishment, you could end up here, which is effectively just a death sentence with extra steps. Or you were already a slave and you, I don't know, try to kill your owner or whatever, um, or try to run away. Um, you told a bad joke. Yeah, you farted and you thought it was going to be quiet, but it was kind of loud. And it was one of those really yeah, rancid not, ones. To the mines! Um, I would definitely end up in the mines, but it's because I... To, I, oh yeah, you'd end up as a uh, yeah. <laughs> not just any mine worker. Just jam them into the wall until the dirt stops falling down. <laughs> yeah. Um, now unlike any other kind of slave, these slaves could not be sent free in any way. You were literally condemned to die working Fuck. at Even some if you point. Were a good mine worker. No, it did not matter. Um, you were sent to the mines to work until you died. Um, and it shouldn't shock you when I say that the average. 
life expectancy for most slaves was 17 years old. Um, yeah. Huh? If you went, like, most slaves died by the age of 17 in all form. Like, that was a general average that I could find. Um, and I should point out that, yeah, I understand that, like, life expectancies in general were not that high. But, like, it wasn't uncommon to live to be 60 years old in Rome. So, like, 17 years old, still pretty fucking abrupt. So, like, an 18-year-old miner, they're just like, wow, you're old. Yeah, at that, at that part, you're, like, the fucking mine manager or something. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this, of course, brings us to the kind of slave that we'll be talking about the most, the gladiator. Um, and I should point out that... Russell Crowe. Russell, Russell Crowe sold into slavery uh, because he was captured. Well, not necessarily, but... No, no. <laughs> whatever um first off some misconceptions not all roman gladiators were slaves um you could sell yourself to a ludus which is like a gladiatorial school because gladiators made like could win glory riches fame everything but by the late republic most were not uh most were not slaves by the late republic um like, if you were a gladiator that people knew, people would shower you with attention, well, love, and wealth. Like, there was product placements and billboards and shit. Yeah, really? absolutely. Like, they Fuck, they uncovered, cool. um, like, it was like the piece of an advertisement for, like, olive oil, and it was being advertised by a gladiator. <laughs> That's their type of Gatorade. Yeah, it's like, uh, these people could become legitimate celebrities. So, people who are kind of, like down on their luck, didn't have anything else going for them. Like, why not give it a shot? I mean, what's the worst that happens? You die? That was going to happen anyway. You might as well get a fucking sword through the skull. Um, now, <laughs> obviously, most people who volunteered to be gladiators were desperate men looking for wealth and attention. Sometimes as they get out of debt, um, every once in a while, was an emperor who had, who had badly uh, fixed the games, which happened like five times. Um, uh, like the job was incredibly dangerous and most gladiatorial fighters did not survive more than a few matches. It was considered incredibly impressive if you survived past 10 fights. Um, though there is a case of someone surviving 150. Um, yeah. What? Yeah. At that point, you just like it. Um, yeah. You're... Mm. And like at, in the very beginning... Um, or the origins of gladiatorial combat are murky, but most people in the very beginning were volunteers, um, but they knew that people really liked these games, like, you know, the bread and circus type deal. Um, and the, the best way to not run out of people for that was to force people to do it. Um, but le- <coughs> weird. Uh, the origins of gladiatorial combat are kind of murky, like I said. Some people said it began with the Etruscans, others with the Campanians. Uh, what we do know is that Rome, uh, in Rome, they began as a funeral rite. Uh, games would be held to honor a powerful dead person as a form of human sacrifice, but with a little bit more steps because they'd make them kill each other. Um, and then human sacrifice would, the concept of human sacrifice would go out of vogue in Rome, but not really. Like, it's hard to say that eventually they no longer saw this as a form of human sacrifice, um, but they weren't just like sacrificing people to the gods anymore. Uh, this slowly evolved into celebrations and other forms of religious worship until people finally dropped all the pretense and admitted they just kind of liked watching people fight to the death for the entertainment. Um, though they would keep up religious overtones and dedicate the games to one god or another, uh, but that was almost completely secondary. 
Um, it's like, oh, so why are we going to the gladiatorial games? Oh, it's for Jupiter, I guess. I don't know. I want to watch that guy get stabbed in the head. Huh. Like, it's it's all uh, decorations. People were going because they're bloodthirsty and it, they're bored. Like, it's like whenever you watch a movie of like the 1950s or 60s or whatever, and you see people just like sitting around like, what do they do for fun? That everything sounds so boring, but everything is amplified because they live in Rome. Like, there's nothing else to do except watch the couple slaves that you collected stab each other with various different implements. You know, I guess. I mean, it'd be cooler if they had, like, sports other than... Oh, yeah, what kind of sports? Um, They had to have had sports. They definitely had sports. I'm not entirely sure. Uh, And I know there was, like, some bare-knuckle boxing and stuff like that. Like, there wasn't all fighting to the death. Um, And most... And there's, like... All you know, sports wrestling stuff like that where you know greco-roman wrestling um and other forms that like they'd wrestle naked and stuff like that and, so, mm. and some very <laughs> interesting art survives That's from that where the olive oil brand comes into play i do believe they oiled themselves up first actually because it makes them more slippery and hard to grab onto like g like gsp mm. did that one time though when he did it it was illegal yep um so almost universally, uh, that gladiators would be a soldier that was captured by Rome and sold off. Um, but rather than being sold off to different owners to work the fields or whatever, they'd be per- purchased by a Lannister, who is someone who runs a Ludus, uh, to further training gladiatorial arts uh, in the school that they would sometimes... some Gladiatorial yeah, arts. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure what else to call it. Um, because to be fair... <laughs> I want to see that degree. To be fair, it was not uh, uh, just like learning how to hack people to bits. Um, like there's, there, there's a fair bit of weird art that goes into it. We'll talk a little bit more. Some of these Luduses could be a, a couple dozen people. Some of them are hundreds and hundreds of gladiators. Um, so in the early days, the uh, arena combat from the the slaves would fight uh, from around Rome would be expected to uh, fight with like your own weapons and style that you came with. Um, like, you know, people would be captured from Gaul or Thrace or wherever, like whatever uh, you are a trained soldier. We, and, and we're going to pair these different soldiers off fighting one another. Cause it'd be interesting. Um, mm, two different styles yeah, that eventually got boring um, because yeah, really? uh, people would see all of them. So the the Luduses, uh, the Ludi, whatever, would come up with their own versions of this, and they would now force these slaves to train as a specific kind of gladiator, which would almost always be paired up against a different kind of gladiator because there's like opposites, and it would make it a more entertaining fight. Because um, remember, okay. this is supposed to be for entertainment. If they wanted people to just fight to the death, they would give them no armor at all. Um, fucking WWE. Yeah, WWE, but with battle axes. Um, so there were light and heavy gladiators. Some used armor, while others didn't. This could create matches where small and agile but lightly armed fighters fought slow ones who are more armored but also armed much better. Uh, like the intention was not to set up like a short fight. It was to create an entertaining balance for the like a back and forth. Like you're you're fixing the fight. And some of the fights were straight up fixed, obviously. But, like, you want to create a spectacle. You don't want, like, we're going to send this guy out there to immediately get murked because it'd be kind of funny. Um, yeah. He's got a toothbrush. Yeah, he's he's fighting a guy with a spear and a hoplite shield. What do we give him? Uh, he has a push broom, sir. <laughs> yes. Uh, sometimes this meant you didn't use weapons at all. Uh, there's something called the cestus. 
uh, or men who are armed with only what I can describe as boxing gloves from hell. But also, they were butt-ass naked. A lot of people were naked uh, all the time because it was pretty comfortable and normal back then. Um, These gloves are made of leather strips and reinforced with metal plates, spikes, and blades. Um, From what I can tell, most Cestus only fought other Cestus, but that was not always the case. Sometimes this naked boxer was tossed in against people with swords and spears. Um... (laughs) And it's noted that while they were at a disadvantage, because yeah, no shit, all it would take is one hit from the Cestus to normally lay out their opponent, like a gritty reboot version of One Punch Man. Um, And also sometimes the Cestus was on top of other weapons, like you'd have your sword, but also you'd have your fucking, I don't know, Hellboy glove to punch people with as well. Um, You need that as a home defense weapon. (laughs) Uh, And uh, do you ever watch The Simpsons where Homer goes to box? Uh, no. Wait, yes, Mo yes, gives yes, him yes, the, yes. The, the gloves with the fucking barbed wire on it. He's like, we call that the stinger. <laughs> yeah. You can't use that anymore. Uh, so, probably thinking like, what, what? how does the school run? What's the ludus like? Um, so, the training was pretty fucking intense. Uh, but not as intense as people would assume. Because remember, gladiators were not fucking cheap. They were an investment. And damaging the goods before you can make money off of them is kind of dumb. Uh, so, like, if you've watched Star's version of Spartacus, uh, most of the training is through physical punishment and just brutality, which is exceedingly unlikely. Uh, it, it was expected for you to learn your new kind of fighting, which everyone was chosen for you. But remember, they weren't soldiers anymore. They were entertainers. So they had to learn a new way how to fight one another. Um, like, it's like the difference between WWE and MMA. Um, gladiators were taught what I could best be described as forms or kata, um, like choreographed moves that they would right. use against someone that they would be normally paired against. Um, so for people who aren't karate nerds like us or know what these words mean, they were pretty much taught dance moves, right? Like, and I don't mean that like, they didn't fight for real when they're in the arena because they obviously did. People were straight up killed. A lot of them were. Uh, but they wanted it to last as long as possible to, to get the most amount of return. So you and your compatriot would quite honestly try not to fuck each other up for a very long time. Um, and there's normally like a series of hand signals that allowed like for your handler or the, the crowd as well to kind of like cheer if like it, it's like I think they call it wrestling getting at the pop like this shit pops like you know people were booing or cheering um, so like the gladiators would literally feed off the crowd when people are going wild they would keep doing what they're doing uh, and when people were booing at them or like clearly not engaged they try to be more entertaining maybe fuck each other up um, eventually leading to what maybe might be a death blow though not always um, so yeah, I did not know that gladiators were pretty much professional wrestlers. I just thought they were two slaves trying Didn't to murder one either. another to try to go home. Um, yeah. Uh, now if you, when do lions come into play? Oh, we'll, we'll get to that actually. Um, oh, it's yes, real. That a hundred percent happened. Um, so say you refused, um, or like. I'm not going to learn this shit. I'm not going to fight for you. Fuck you. You know, you bought me. I'm a free soul or whatever. Um, So sometimes you would just immediately be murdered. Um, There's accounts of gladiators who were burned to death for refusing to learn or refusing Uh. to train. 
or, or what happened what most of the time is some people just weren't good at it. Um, and the trainers who were probably free gladiators themselves at the Ludus realized like this guy ain't fucking getting it. Uh, we might as well not waste our time on him. They would be discarded as the Noxi or the hurtful ones. Um, these guys would be because like you've all heard stories about people being mauled to death by lions or other kind of animals in the arena. That was their fate sometimes. Um, they were let out there to be murdered by animals, um, to be killed in like set pieces by other gladiators or soldiers. They were pretty much just thrown out there to be executed and then your body to be chucked into a ditch without a ceremony. Um, yeah. Um, so you couldn't really go off script. It was unencouraged. I'll say, uh, like our boy Maximus. Yeah. Yeah. Maximus definitely would have got executed. Um, like, there's some like like the guy who fought 150 battles. There's a plenty of gladiators who became incredibly famous and well known, um, but they did it like they didn't do it by like rebelling. Like they were 100 percent into the system, uh, and that made them incredibly wealthy until they died or were freed or whatever. Um, but while the Ludus wasn't terrible most of the time, like they did, all, they exercised constantly, so they had to eat constantly. But I would say that life in Eludus was comparable to that of a normal Roman soldier. Um, each gladiator class was separated from one another once training was over uh, and locked away because, you know, they are slaves. Uh, the idea was that it was because if these two, like, because these two classes say you're one class and I'm the other and our classes always fight each other in the arena, right? They don't want us interacting outside of supervision because we might figure out that we have to fight each other during the next games. And it might be my best opinion if I fuck you up a little bit before that happens. So I might be able to win. Uh, and they don't want that to happen because that's bad for business. Uh, so they right. lock you away and right. segregate you. So you didn't like poison each other or whatever to get the upper hand. Um, but while you're confined at night with your glad gladi bros, I don't know what to call gladiators. Um, <laughs> you could, were they in like an open bay? Type Seems of like deal? it. Yeah. Um, okay. As long as you, the 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 classes were separate, because if like if we were the same type of gladiator outside of personal problems, there's no reason for us to fucking fight one another because we're never going to fight each other for entertainment. Um, right. Barring something strange happening, which did happen from time to time, but it's very very rare. Um, while you're locked up, you can eat and drink a ton. Uh, Lannisters may have been slave owning assholes, but they weren't stupid. They knew a well-fed and well-taken care of gladiator fights better. They also heal better uh, and, you know, are generally more healthy. They were pretty much allowed to eat as much as they wanted, though their meal was, like, not as high class or good. Uh, like, they ate um, a lot of barley, which was considered, like, punishment if you were a legionnaire. If you fucked up, they make you live off barley. Uh, but, like, their food wasn't great, but they had literally endless amounts of it. Um, and, like, another punishment is having your rations taken away. Um, they also had much better health care than a normal Roman person, which I mean, for the day, sure, it's probably all terrible. It, people are trying to get the ghosts out of your blood. Um, but they would also regularly receive massages in order to recover from long days of training. So, I mean, it's better than what I do to take care of myself currently. Uh, yeah, I can like, see that. I mean, when's the last time you went and got a massage, to be completely honest? I mean, even before the pandemic. Uh, fucking physical therapy. So it was probably almost like eight months ago. Yeah, I think I got one over a year ago, and it's because I had a coupon. Um, yeah. Nice. Uh, yeah. So, like, the glad. Uh, I mean, I'm not saying I'm, the gladiators had a good life, but it's certainly, like, better than it's normally portrayed as. Uh, no, 
some but they didn't have the drill that we have no um and some Lannisters were like bastards, assholes, whatever. Like not every Ludus is was equal for sure. Uh, but I mean, it was better than largely portrayed. It's certainly better than it showed in Spartacus, or people getting like just arbitrarily murdered and maimed left and right. Like that's you wouldn't be a rich person owning a gladiator school if you discarded your investments that easily, um, which is what these people were seen as. Um, right. No, so some slaves are probably treated better than comparisons how they've been described in popular culture. They were still slaves, and it should come as surprises. There were slave rebellions from time to time. Uh, we've already talked about a few that happened in the U.S. that people like to generally ignore. Um, but you'd you'd probably think that slave rebellions were more common, but there really weren't uh, a ton. Um, you not as much as you'd expect in a country where you know almost fifty percent of the population is slaves. Um, and there's some weird hop around mental gymnastics type thing when it comes to what's considered a slave rebellion and what's just considered like civil unrest because the Romans didn't really see slave rebellions as a big deal. Um, and there's a reason why we're calling this a Spartacus's rebellion for the sake of marketing or podcast titling, I guess. It's actually called the Third Servile War because there's two other ones and they're pretty sizable prior to it. And there's probably a good reason why we generally only know about this one rather than the other two. The first and second ones were based around slave rebellions that sparked on Sicily, not the Roman heartland. Oh, okay. And they were also put down pretty quickly within a few years, which wasn't that long for the time. Cause you know, remember your quick anti-slave reaction force has to march their happy ass across the countryside. <laughs> it takes some fucking time. Um, and like most of the time, slave rebellions fell apart as soon as an actual Roman army showed up. Like they might be able to skirmish with some militias, but like when the legion shows up, shit is done. They're going to get owned. Right. Um, and these were considered crime waves or civil unrest. They were not considered military emergencies. Um, so that's like normally how these things are kind of disregarded and 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 by like the Romans for the most part and kind of by Roman history is like, you know, there, there may have been some small scale uprisings, but they never would have been written about because they didn't think they were serious. Uh, So that's probably why there's more than what we lead to believe. But also there's something to be said for the fact that most slaves, 99% of them knew there was some kind of way out eventually, maybe not always. (laughs) Fuck. But it, I mean, it's certainly better than, um, you know, it, it, I'm surprised there wasn't more shit going on in the mines. Um, as far as they're tired, yeah, yeah, maybe it, like they're so beat down and thirsty or whatever. Um, it's real try, yeah. Like, okay, buddy, how am I gonna rebel? Let's just like, let, let am I gonna fucking chug an energy drink and like, <laughs> you know, fucking three sixty no scope Roman legion? Probably not. Like, you're you're probably not really sleeping. As much as you are going into your cot at night or whatever and collapsing into a coma, um, I got fed my daily ration of one yeah, grain. It's it's my my rice dole also got stolen by my next door neighbor. <laughs> yeah. uh, so so with that out of the way, let's talk about our boy Spartacus. Uh, nice. For one, it's probably not his real name. Um, what do you think his real? No name idea. Was? It's been completely lost to history. Um, yeah, really? nobody has any idea what his real name is. Huh. Uh, so the best thing that 
people can come up with is he may have come from modern day Bulgaria, mostly because like the name uh, Spartaco or, or, or like things kind of related to the word Spartacus <clears throat> were common in that area. But nobody's really sure where he's from either. Um, so according to Plutarch and Appian, that isn't the case. He was Thracian, which would have meant anything from Bulgaria to Greece to Turkey. It's a big area. Um, but some people all say he wasn't Thracian and he may have only been become known as Thracian or as a Thracian because Thracian happened to be a kind of gladiator known as a Thrax uh, that he may have learned. But also other sources say that he wasn't a Thrax. Uh, so who fucking knows, right? Like, I guess I'm getting getting at is we have no idea who Spartacus is. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Also, how he even ended up in slavery, not agreed on. Uh, some say he was an enemy soldier captured by Romans during a war. Others say he was a Roman soldier who managed to fuck up and get sentenced to slavery for something, while still uh, others say he was actually a mercenary who ran afoul of a Roman legion. Um, all of these things, things seem possible um, because he was made a gladiator, so he probably was a soldier. Like Those things are possible. Um, some people say that like he was an enslaved Roman general, not the case at all. Um, wouldn't have fucking happened, not in a million years. Um, that'd be fucking yeah, sweet. Yeah, like though. he was not, uh, uh, fuck whatever his name was from the movie Gladiator. Maximus. Maximus. Yeah. He was not him. Uh, either way, somehow Spartacus or whatever his name is was captured by the Roman. Can we go with Maximus. Yeah, Spartacus, Maximus, Meridius, whatever. Uh, I can't remember his full name, but that speech still slaps. Um, uh, Maximus Decimus fucking can't yeah, remember. close enough we named it uh, he's captured by the Roman army and sold into slavery somehow but because he's a big soldier boy he was purchased by the gl- a gladiator school outside of Capua by Lenius Batiatus though in some documents Batiatus is just not named as Vatia uh, but if you watch the stars show it's Batiatus he's the guy who screamed Jupiter's cock all the time um, yeah, what? it was like his exclamation <laughs> phrase. And that's the one thing in that show that sticks out is like whenever anybody was like surprised, whether it be happy or sad, surprised by Jupiter's cock. And I, I'm going to add that to a list of things I want on my dream soundboard for this podcast. Like whenever I say anything that surprised anybody, I'm like, Jupiter's cock. And I... You just need to add that to your everyday I'm life. I'm just going to exclaim next time in the grocery store. Uh, I'm, I have no idea if that's a real thing that Roman said. If it is, cool. I'm st- I am still find it ridiculous. Um, oh, sale on milk. Jupiter's, Jupiter's cock. cock. Fuck yeah, dude. Uh, uh, so by all accounts, Spartacus was a big guy. Um, and that's why he was made to a heavyweight gladiator known as a Mermilo. Um which probably because the lore of Spartacus, that's kind of what you picture when you picture a gladiatorial archetype. Like he's the guy with the big helmet with the with like the grill face mask with the plume on top and the big oval shield or the rectangular shield and, and a normal like gladius Roman sword. He th- that's what yeah, he was? that's like the normal gladiatorial archetype. That's what Spartacus was. By m- both accounts, both Appian. Um, and Plutarch both say he was a Mermillo. So, like, the idea that he was possibly a Thrax, I don't buy it. Um, I don't know. And also, it would make more sense as to why he seemed to be better at, like, commanding soldiers because he already knew how to fight with a shield. Um, at this point, I have no idea. I'm making shit up. Uh, but so so was 
Appian and Plutarch. So I guess you could just call me a primary source. Um, <laughs> I guess what I'm trying to say here is Spartacus is dummy thick. Um, Do you know which gladiator like you'd be? Like for you sure? know if if Spartacus was a big guy for his time, I'm assuming I am as well um, because I'm six three and two hundred and forty pounds. I assume I'm also a Mermillo. Um, nice. So this was a role saved for the strongest gladiators because they carried a giant heavy shield, a heavy helmet, and were expected to th- to fight the Thrax type, which would have been a much lighter and faster, kind of like a hoplite type. They had an oval shield. Um, you would expect it to be like a, more of a Greek version. Um, so like the idea was the Thrax moves faster, and the Mermillo uh, moves slower, so they create like you know that that back and forth. So it's supposed to be entertaining. Yeah. Um, so I can never find any accounts of Spartacus actually fighting in the arena, um, which I think if if it did happen, it would have been noted down by Appian or Plutarch or somebody. Um, but I should point out that is not uncommon. Gladiators did not fight all the time. Uh, Remember, they only fight they only fought towards public games, and those didn't happen all the time. And like. Sometimes those long public games that you hear about, not all of it's gladiatorial shit. Um, like there was people who I think they're called bestiaruses or something like that, where they would fight animals in the arena. They were not slaves. They weren't gladiators. Um, and they were like, perf- they're effectively bullfighters. Um, and those were a huge thing too. Uh, there's other activities that go on in- during the games. Not all of it's gladiatorial stuff. I'd clean up the animal pin. I just know that'd be my as, lo- as long as they're not biting me. I don't care. Like, oh, you're gonna shovel lion shit. Cool. Hook me up. That's better than doing whatever the fuck everybody else here is doing. Put the lions in there oh, with no. you. This is like, oh fuck. I didn't sign up for this. Um, because like you know the public games were only so often. Though there was like private games as well. Um, which does just kind of like literally sounds like human cockfighting to me. But whatever. Um. Like if you back alley gladiator, yeah, pretty much, yeah. I mean, like a whole bunch of rich people would get together and throw their own games, which were very uncommon because you made so much more money and renown from these public games, and you didn't want to risk your best gladiator to die in someone's backyard. So, like, right. you know, you saved them for like the big show. Um, and like, even if you were a good gladiator, because like once you became famous, it was a double edged sword. Like people would want to see you fight, so you'd fight more oh. until you, you could. Um, when was called like a, a Rudus or a Rudius, which is like a wooden sword, uh, which meant you no longer had to fight anymore uh, and you could go home. But though, like that happened after a while. Um, I just hope they had an entrance theme, like an entrance like song. Like just a whole fucking WWF, like they hear the glass break, like, my God, that's Spartacus's music. Yeah, dude. Uh, That'd be fucking sweet with pyrotechnics involved. Like Hell in a Cell. Somehow mankind is still in the Hell in a Cell jumping off after the <laughs> Undertaker. Mick Foley is 6,000 years old. Um, so most gladiators would fight maybe two or three times per year at most. Sometimes not at all. Like you could go a whole year without fighting because, you know, if there's only so many games and you're nobody... And this Ludus, or this you know, this Lannister has connections, so your gladiators are fighting at the most important time of the games. Like you're not going to put like your fucking your D squad on. You're you're putting like your number one draft pick gladiator shit out there. 
Um, so like it, if you were famous, you could fight more, which you know, obviously you could die more, but also you could, might be able to get released. It's, it's, it's a fucking rigged game. Cause you know, you're a slave. Um, wasn't there a gladiator that choked out an important dude in his own tub? It was, that was not a gladiator. That was a wrestler. Uh, yeah, Damn it, it was, it, Close it, enough. the emperor's name forgets, uh, escapes me, but he assassinated the emperor via choking him out to death in a tub. <laughs> um, I believe it was, it was it Caligula or Nero. I think it was Caligula. Uh, I have to look it up now. No, I think Caligula, uh, killed himself. Uh, now, now I have to Google this just to make sure I'm not saying something terribly wrong. But I just think that's fucking hilarious. <laughs> you think the wrestler got into actual, like, all right, let's get into Greco-Roman wrestling. The dude didn't want to because he was still taking a bath, so he just got pissed off and choked him out? So, Narcius uh, was a Roman athlete, likely a wrestler from the 2nd century AD. He's best known to be the assassin of Roman Emperor Commodus. He's employed Commodus. as a wrestling partner and personal trainer. <laughs> So Commodus, Commodus is the guy that uh, Joaquin Phoenix plays in the Gladiator. Uh, yes. But he was not killed in the arena, no. Um, but yeah, uh, so uh, fun fact. Now we're off topic. But yeah, strangled by his wrestling coach, pretty much. <laughs> I, I thought it was a Gladiator. <laughs> Most people think he's a Gladiator, but like he's a wrestling coach. Um, maybe he was previously a Gladiator. That's not uncommon. Um, so it's not noted. When um, Spartacus was captured, the first date noted by Plutarch is 73 BC, and that is for the escape. Um, so we might just have to work on the like coming from the idea that he was not enslaved for long um, or that he fought in the arena and nobody thought to make a note of it, which seems unlikely. Uh, either way, uh, it's kind of agreed upon that in 73 BC, Spartacus and others plotted an escape from the Ludus. Spartacus teamed up with 30 to 70. Yes, I understand that the number varies depending on who you cite. Uh, people. This included two other men that people think of when they think of Spartacus, and they've also made their way into shows. So that is Crixus, a gladiator champion from Gaul, and known somewhat uncreatively as the undefeated Gaul. Uh, Stone Cold Crixus, he was not. <laughs> No. Uh, the other man was uh, Onio Maus, who is also a, a Gaul, but um, not much is known about him because he not undefeated. Not the undefeated Gaul. That name was already taken. He is the kind of sort of defeated right. Gaul. I'm the three and one Gaul. <laughs> not great. Not bad. Um, I am. I am the Applebee's of gladiators. <laughs> Which isn't yeah. bad. It's not. You bad. wouldn't pick it if you had another choice, but you know I'm gonna always be there for you. It's not a bad happy hour yeah. choice. Uh, so these three banded together with others and broke out. However, because lethal weapons were locked up, because you know keeping a bunch of weapons around trained soldiers turned slaves seems like a really bad idea, they had to arm themselves by other means. So they broke into the kitchen and armed themselves with knives, or they called them choppers. Uh, I'm assuming with machetes and shit, uh, like giant cartoonish meat knives or something, and just began <laughs> ambushing and killing the shit out of people from the Ludus. Uh, Oh, yeah, uh, in- including most of Badiatus's family. Um, like this shows the like the show Spartacus shows like him killing like kind of not being into killing the entire Badiatus family, if I remember correctly. But I have no doubt that they were excited to kill those people. Oh, they were totally into yeah. it, dude. 
Uh, afterwards, they broke into the weapons locker where they kept them all, all the actual gladiatorial weapons and armed themselves to the fucking teeth. Um, and then there was a few guards there, and they immediately got butchered because you know don't fight a gladiator. Uh, you think once they got into the arms room, they did like a all right montage, and they were trying on different stuff? Yeah, because they didn't I'm have a sick chance of being the Mermillo. I want to be something else. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, though they were not free quite yet. Uh, mass murder, uh, the, the word of a mass murder happening at a, at a Ludus spreads kind of quick, uh, even in those days, especially because Capua was only a short distance away. Uh, but there wasn't exactly a military emergency, um, and there wasn't exactly the military people like to respond. There was no like legionnaire QRF going on here. Um, so the, the, the main problem here was, and this will become kind of a common thread here through the early stages of the rebellion is that Rome had found itself balls deep in several different rebellions and wars uh, all over the place, including a different rebellion in Spain led by a traitor Roman general named Quintus Sertorius. I'm probably pronouncing that wrong. Sorry, Latin knowers. Um, A man who refused to engage the Romans in open battle and instead bled them through hit and run tactics. Um, they are also engaged in the longest of three wars against Pontus. Uh, so, like, their their legionnaire reserve is tapped the fuck out. Uh, as such, the Romans in Capua did not have any, uh, any legionnaires to use, even if they wanted to. So they scraped the bottom of the barrel and sent what they had to uh, try to, like, check out the slave school, which was, like, uh, a loose collection of some local militia. Um, not the people that you should pick. Uh, they would have had some training... But I was almost certain that the gladiators had significantly more. Um, right. So, yeah. Uh, and the, they had much more experience killing people with pointed sticks than the militia did. Uh, because of this, as soon as the local militia showed up, they were killed to a man and their weapons and clothing were looted. Uh, they added these militiamen's weapons to their collection and escaped into the mountains. Um, now, most people, it's hard to understand what kind of happens next most people when they read about spartacus it's kind of explained that spartacus just kind of became the leader of the band of rebels um but he wasn't really uh both crixus and aniomaus were both leaders as well um though they kind of held sway over the gaulish slaves um and aniomaus would just kind of die at an unknown place in time uh at some point and just leave crixus and spartacus kind of in charge um, there were other rebels known as uh, Gannicus and Castus who um, would play some kind of leadership role, though history kind of lost those details. Um, the rebels were a loose collection. They were not a monolith. They came from various different backgrounds, and many of them did not speak the same language. What seems much more likely is they were led by... That's a drag. Yeah, I mean, there, there's, some, there's some communication problems at hand. <laughs> yeah. Um, it seems like Crixus spoke the most languages because he'd been enslaved the longest, which seems like a really shitty way to learn new languages. It really is. Um, what's much more likely than Spartacus just becoming like the leader is that they were led by a rotating community of people who happen to be former military like Spartacus or you know the local gladiatorial champion like Crixus. Um, Spartacus always kind of sort of was floating at the head, but it seemed like he did not lead like a general. They kind of led by committee because nobody really knew what they were doing. Um, and there's a good reason for this. And it may have been why it became the general depiction of the rebellion for one, because of the immediate aftermath of it. The historians were Romans, Romans, 
like most cultures, didn't want to think they could be threatened by a loose collection of people fighting for what could kind of be considered a common cause of getting the fuck out of slavery. Instead, they have a hyper-organized military led by a battlefield genius like Spartacus, when instead it was a bunch of rebellious slaves going on a rampage of looting and revenge. Um, like People want to think that their enemies are like much stronger than they are, uh, in hindsight. like People, I should point out now, Romans did not think that this was a threat right now. Uh, at all they thought like oh call the like if they had cops they would call the cops they wouldn't call the military um like this is not a military emergency but in hindsight when all of this is being written after they saw what spartacus had done like ah he must be a military mastermind who outmaneuvered even the best roman minds no no that's not what happened um Sparty and the boys are now loose in the Campanian countryside. This was known as something of a sick vacation spot for the Roman rich and powerful. So the rebels quickly got to know these people's summer homes by breaking into them and stealing all their shit and killing everybody who didn't happen to be a slave. Oh. They then freed their slaves, most of whom quickly joined their band of growing merry men. Uh, there was also a whole lot of torching going on. They pillaged entire towns and cities. Uh, at some point, like they would also occupy towns and cities uh, in various different degrees of rampage. Um, but Spartacus and crew kept hitting up the villas and the farms. Spartacus and crew. Running out of nicknames to give them. Um, Spartacus and yeah, friends. Spartacus and co. Uh, I don't know. Uh, Blink-180 Spartacus. Nice. Uh, Fallout Spartacus. I'm running out of band names. Um, Fallout Spartacus. I already said that. You stole it. Yes, I just said it. Fuck. How did I miss I that? Uh, so Spartacus and, and his friends, his very band of malcontents, freed slaves, whatever, um, began ra- hitting more and more villas and farms and continuing the old ultraviolence and freedom bit. Um, so uh, there's a lot of these points where like, I'll, I'll, some slaves like did not go with him because they're like, I want no fucking part of this. I'm gonna stay right here, and then they'd get killed. <laughs> yeah, oh, by Spartacus. Yeah, oh, yeah. No, oh, like it, this. Like I said, this isn't like a monolith. This group isn't moving as one right now. Like they're kind of like fanned out into small groups. Um, with Spartacus and Crixus being at the head of like the biggest one, and it seems like some of the groups are much more bloodthirsty than others. <laughs> Right. Um, and some people were like, yes, we're here to free the slaves. And other people were like, no, we're just here to get revenge on Romans and we're going to burn your house down. Uh, there was, there's no, there's no motivation really. Like there's no evidence anywhere that Spartacus is ever trying to free the slaves of Rome. Uh, but there's also plenty of evidence that he was okay with fleeing, freeing the slaves of Rome if they would join him. And also they got to steal all that stuff. Um, you kind of have to fill in the gaps, which I'm not totally comfortable doing because, you know, Spartacus never wrote any words of his own. Uh, but, yeah. Uh, this quickly, this is where things began to quickly change in comparison to other Roman slave revolts. Being on Sicily, you know, not being in the middle of the Roman heartland, like other things would travel, like word would travel very, very slowly to get back to Rome, if ever. Like sometimes the local authorities would just fucking handle it. But stopping through the Roman version of Beverly Hills meant the rich and powerful and influential (laughs) immediately heard about the rebellion. Um, Though, like I said, it's pretty clear they didn't see this as a threat. Uh, That's like, like, oh, this is a crime wave. 
Uh, some slaves got out. They're burning stuff, but this isn't a big problem. Um, but just because they didn't think of this as not a military emergency yet, it did not mean they're just going to sit back and let their property values be ruined via popular revolt. As Sparty continued to loot and, and free their slaves, the Roman government began to force people together to confront them. And that is where we will pick up next week. Oh, fucking bullshit. Yeah, I know how to end one on time, baby. Uh, and to be fair, we went off on quite a few tangents there, but like, this is a series that I have to do almost as much research on what actually happened happened, and compare it to like what people think happened. Like One of the things that people think of as Spartacus is like, obviously stars Spartacus, which is a bad show. Uh, or also like the movie where like, no, I'm Spartacus. No, I'm Spartacus. None of that shit ever fucking happened. If it happened, someone wrote it down. Nobody ever wrote it down. Um, not even Spartacus. Definitely not Spartacus. He was way too busy being dead at that point. Still waiting for his uh, hooligans of Rome to come out. Hooligans of Campania. Uh, it's significantly. It's just him carving pictures into a rock because I don't think he could read or write. <laughs> um, yeah, that's part one. Um, hopefully. Uh, you f- don't feel good about Roman slavery? I don't know what you're supposed to get out of this episode. Um, no. Um. It's it's always interesting because like, I think that the story of Spartacus is cool because like, it's a rebellion against Rome. Rebellions in general. I'm a huge fan. Um, and it, it's... People like to say that like, you know, Spartacus threatened Rome itself. He didn't. He didn't. Like, it doesn't have to be that dra- dramatic for it to not be cool. Uh, or that like he was attempting to free the slaves of Rome. Uh, these are all things. These are all ideas that people put on this rebellion hundreds of years after the fact. Um, right. And there's, there's no evidence of it. There's no evidence of a lot. There's no evidence of a lot of the stuff I'm going to say. But like when you defy the HOA, <laughs> I want to see that stars series in the next hundred years. Oh, when I wasn't paying my, uh, so I got a lot. I used to live in an HOA, um, for, for people who don't know me, which is most of you. Um, and it was like a, a, a normal lower middle class suburb, but I had an HOA, uh, for reasons that I am not entirely sure of. I guess this is our question from the Legion today, since we don't, we don't do those during series. Um, and I didn't do things the way that the HOA said, mostly because like, when you live in Washington state and uh, it's a heat wave, you're not supposed to use the water to say water your lawn um, because that's wasteful. And I think lawns in general are horribly wasteful and a really dumb suburban nightmare. But I continually got tickets for this um, one, like one a week for months. And I just thought your lawnmower only worked. In that reverse. is true. Um, <laughs> it makes no sense. Um, and so he kept getting more and more tickets. Uh, and one day I caught him when I was like going from my car to my house when he's writing me another ticket. And he's like, Mr. Kasabian, I'm not sure if you've noticed, I have been citing you every week uh, for the last several weeks for this lawn. I'm like, how do you think I didn't fucking notice? You put 20 of them on my door. Uh, also, I'm not going to pay those. Uh, and he, I don't think he's ever been confronted by someone who didn't want to just pay a fine. Like, I'm not doing it. Was it like 50 bucks? Every time, yeah. So then I just didn't pay it and he stopped writing them for me. Um, <laughs> so I guess what you're saying is I'm the real Spartacus here. Thank you, Nick. 
I mean, I, I, our Pretty struggles. Much. I'm just waiting for the stars. Our series. struggles are the same. Um, Except you wore more clothes. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Spartacus is a, is a lot more naked than I generally am, but it's because they didn't have a such thing as the sex offenders registry in Rome. <laughs> uh, but that is Spartacus part one. Um, and until next time, uh, don't buy slaves. That's yeah. a good one. Later.